Welcome to the Destiny Podcast. <laughs> Let's just recap on last night. Um, two key things were happening. We had the wonderful prophetic word from Caleb. Yeah. <laughs> As he was uh, going up his slide and coming down it, Irvin had that insight that Caleb from the Bible, the high places, those are mine. All right? Those are mine. And then Tima spoke about being in intercession for our um, dreams, our aspirations, those things that God's put on our heart. And I'd like to suggest to you that those are those high places. And he's just saying to you, I want you to become a person that really believes that those high places are yours. Okay? That you are a group of people that are going to be known for taking those high places. The places where God wants to be involved. Now that's my phone, that shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> Apologies. <laughs> It'll probably be calf. Holy Spirit is calling you. <laughs> Very good. Apologies for that. So I want to start with a, a scripture from Mark 9, verse 23. And it says, All things are possible to him who believes. Mark 9, 23. All things are possible to him who believes. Sometimes we just gloss over verses like that. Because we can't grasp it. All things are possible for those who believe. All things are possible for those who believe. All things are possible for you who are believers. I just, to me, it rocks me. Because it's like, what are you saying, Dad? You're saying to me that everything, everything is possible for those who believe. The disciples asked Jesus, what must we do to do the works of God? Now, I bet you're like me, you'd love to do the works of God. I want to be involved in the works of God. So he said, they said to him, what must we do to do his works? And he said to them, believe in the one who was sent. That's all it is. It always comes down to what you believe. Believe in the one who was sent. Believe in him. Trust in him. That word there, you know, it's all, uh, it's like this trust aspect of him, Jesus. He has done it for you. Trust him. And then all things are possible for those who believe. We got a chance to go early on in the year to listen to Isabel and Ivan Allen up in Rochdale. And, oh gosh, the things that she was sharing just really shook me because of what God was able to do. And I, I'm just going to share a few of her testimonies. It would be fantastic if she was here. But uh, I'll share a few of her testimonies. And this first one just... You remember Philip in the Bible? Philip in the Bible, he gets translated from one place to another so he can speak to the eunuch, doesn't he? Oh, it's just a fantastic story. We read that and think, well, oh, that's bees nice, that. Now, how many sermons have you heard about that? How many people do you know have done that? Well, I do. Isabel. Isabel was saying that uh, she was sat reading her magazine and... She says, I always do things with Jesus. So she was sat with Jesus reading her magazine. And all of a sudden, she found herself in China. And she was in a park in China, talking to two Chinese people. And she was thinking, 
I just think I'm in China. I don't think this is a vision. I think I'm actually in China. And she's talking to this couple for quite a while, and then all of a sudden she sat back on her chair reading a magazine. That's incredible, that. Well, what's even more incredible was last year she was in California, and um, she's doing a conference, and a Chinese couple come walking up the aisle towards her and say, do you recognize us? And she said, well, there's something familiar about you. Where did I meet you? And she said, well, you were the lady who came to the park in China, and you shared with us what was on Jesus' heart for us. We're missionaries in China, and we prayed then that we'd have the opportunity to come and tell you of how wonderful it was to meet you. And she had that wonderful opportunity. All things are possible for those who are in Christ Jesus, who believe, who believe. What's even more exciting is that she's been to Germany, translated to Germany, speaking to people in Germany, translated to Wales. Many times, she says, been to a group in Wales, uh, from Canada over to Wales, uh, sharing with them. I think this is the best way to do conferences. Can you imagine it? No longer have to pay for FS. Isabel, just come and take her for a It'd just be fantastic, wouldn't it? But what I'm, what I'm just sharing that story for is that there is a lady and a husband who are experiencing the impossible and seeing that it's possible. So are they any different to us? No, of course they're not. Canadian? But she was Puerto Rican. Yeah, well done. Um, there's no difference. And so this, what I'm sharing with you today is I'm going to share with you my, like, oh, trying to learn to walk in that revelation that all things are possible to those who believe. Oh, there's more out there for us to get hold of. But that's, that's just to, like, whet your appetite. So I wanted to start by sharing with you about being a new creation. Let's do something first, though. Stand up if you have an evangelistic heart. Um, it's something that's in you. That you've seen people get saved or you really want to see people get saved. It's something that's burning in you. It's alive in you. Okay. The Spirit's going to fall on this. He wants to anoint you with it. So I release over you now the evangelistic gifting. I cause it to burn in your heart now. I release its anointing over your life. It no longer will be that you will speak and nothing will happen. It will be that you will stand in the presence of God and as you stand there, you will reveal the secrets of people's hearts and they will come into the kingdom. They will be aware of the, the uh, presence of Jesus. It will be like the aroma of him. It will come off you. It will touch people and they will go, yes. Uh, up till now, it has been as if you have spoken and they're not hearing you. Now it will be that you will speak and they will hear you. More, Lord. More. More. You've been, it's, I feel he's saying you've been incredibly successful. Now he's going to double that for you. We've had prophetic words that it's doubling and he wants to double it in you. The, the fruitfulness of it is going to double. Ho! Okay, you can sit down now. One of my favorite scriptures is 
2 Corinthians 5.17. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. This scripture, I've just loved it. He says to you that you are brand new. Do you believe that? Or do you believe you're in process? The truth is you are brand new. (laughs) Your life in Jesus is not like um, an extension of your current life, of who you are. You know, you've been... I'm Alan Pierce, so it, my life in Jesus is just an extension. No. On the day, on the day I gave my life to Jesus, something powerful happened. I was changed in an instant, in a twinkling of an eye. I became totally different. And my, I got regened, spiritually regened. I became something new. I'm a brand new person. You don't look like you believe me, but I, it's true. <laughs> We're not a work in progress. We're brand new. Um, John 3, 6 says that that which is born of the flesh is flesh and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. You were born of the spirit and you are spirit. That's who you are. You live as a new creation. When, When you came to Jesus, you were cleansed from your sin. Totally cleansed. There's nothing... There's nothing in you that makes Father God go, oh, gosh, have I got to pull up with you anymore? There's nothing in you that makes Jesus want to turn away. There's nothing in you that Holy Spirit goes, oh, I can't land on them. He cleansed you. Otherwise, this cross isn't powerful enough. This cross of Jesus was so powerful. Remember, it says that the earth, the rock split open. And the dead came out and they walked around telling of the wonders of God. Can you imagine being there when that happened? This cross is powerful. He changed you in an inkling. He made you a brand new creation. You were joined in vital union with Jesus. You became one with him. If you ever think you're not one with him, it's time to renew your mind because you are and you're no longer part of Adam's race you were once of Adam's race you're no longer part of that now you're part of a new creation that God created powerful new creation you are sons and daughters of your father God 1 Peter 2 23 says having been born again not of perishable seed but imperishable Through the word of God which lives and abides forever. You are now born of imperishable seed. You will go on forever. Forever. Yes, at the resurrection we will have a new body. But even here on earth it says that our bodies will learn to be... It says a mark maturity is that your senses have been trained to distinguish good and evil that something happens even in this body of ours that becomes alive, alive to the presence of God, alive to him. And he has said over you that you are a brand new creation. You are no longer what you were. You became new. Jesus' life is in you. You stand on his faith, not on your faith. You stand on his faith. (laughs) 
You've been cloaked in his love. Just cloaking you in his love. And Father God sees you as an eternal new creation. On the morning when you wake up and you've got bad breath, your hair's all messed up, your ladies haven't put your makeup on, and you look in the mirror and you can't recognize the person that's there. Your father looks at you and says, This is my eternal new creation. This is who has been created in that instant when they gave their life to Jesus. The new came. Changed forever. In that instant, changed forever. Faultless. He speaks it over you, faultless. Not a fault in you because of what he's done. Faultless is spoken over you. It's his righteousness. He looks at you and says, you are righteous. You're not trying to become righteous anymore. You are righteous because of what he has done. You are blameless. There's not a bit of blame in you. You can't... <laughs> you don't like come into the courts of God and there's somebody says, oh, look at all that there, it's bad. It's gone. It all went. That's why that cross is so powerful. And you are radiant in his glory. When people see you, they realize there's something else. Some of us are beginning to experience that. The realization that people look at us and say, oh gosh, here is something. <laughs> there's something else here. New creation. You're not trying to become new. Ephesians 2 verse 6 says, Raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Where are you sat? In heavenly places. You are sat there now. This is heavenly places. When you're sat at home, you're in heavenly places. When you're on the toilet, you're in heavenly places. When you're at work, you're in heavenly places. When you're playing rugby, you're in heavenly places. When you're at the pub, you're in heavenly places. When you're talking to your neighbor, you're in heavenly places. When you're giving a sermon, you're in heavenly places. When you're interceding for a nation, you're in heavenly places. When you are alive, you're in heavenly places. Where you are, you're in heavenly places. He raised you up. It doesn't say he raised some up. It didn't say in a while you'll be raised up. It doesn't say if you work hard enough, you'll be raised up. He said, I raised you up and you live in heavenly places. That phrase, heavenly places, in the Greek doesn't mean the place where you're going to go to when you die. It means the powerful spiritual realm that's around you right now. It's the place of activity of, the, of heaven's realm around you. That influence of the presence of God on your life has influence over many. That's why I was prompted to pray for evangelists. Because as we realize that we're living in this event uh, heavenly places all the time the influence of it will have an impact on people who just don't know I mean, can you imagine coming into contact with heavenly places it's this arena of the sphere of spiritual action and activity it's going on all around you angels are at work around you they are here with you, the presence of God with you, the love of God with you. It's all out of his love and you responding to love to him. But there's two cultures, two kingdoms with two different cultures. There's this kingdom of this earth. 
and it has a culture. If you were British, it has certain things about it. You know, like we don't like to big ourselves up. You know, we we like to think we're not really that that important. You know, we struggle with confidence. Really, if you're British, when you look across to Americans and we look at, oh gosh, look how confident they are. A bit brash, those Americans. But really, they've got a different culture. They see life differently. Um, you know, um, we'll have, we can have a culture. It's change a bit. We used to have a culture of stiff upper lip. You know, we wouldn't give in to anything. You know, stiff upper lip. Wouldn't show our emotions. That's, that's changing, really. In this. But this culture of this world is not the culture of the kingdom of heaven. You king, the kingdom of heaven has a totally different culture. And... I mean, Linda's story. Linda, could you just say that again, what you said last night? Because it's stunningly incredible when you talked about culture and the guy in, um, yeah, you know the guy I mean. Um, so one of the biggest things that when I was over in Jordan that I wanted to do was just take the culture of who I guessed him was, take the culture of who he was, because, you know, we just know that in an atmosphere of love, we grow. Um, so that was my biggest inspiration going out, that actually if I build family, I know they're going to thrive and they'll grow and stuff amongst, you know, out of desperation. So um, that was my main goal. Um, and then recently I've just started studying um, a graduate diploma in theology and my missiology tutor, my professor, um, started talking about how his son had just been over to Jordan. And it happens that he'd visited the Irish base and he said, he said to, you know, Linda, do you know it? And I told him, well, it's the place I set up. Um, it's being very British, I actually didn't like to have to say in front of everybody. Um, but it was amazing because then he spent the rest of the lecture, and we had these lectures for two days, he spent the rest of the time talking about all these changes that they've put in place, and he's got this huge international ministry, and he's put loads of place, like, changes in place in his ministry now because of the culture his son's come back and told him about, of just this is how they do it and just how well they're doing and um, all this kind of stuff. And so this man... Has never met us before, has no idea who our guest is, has no idea who King Jay is, but actually is changing his whole organisation because of actually what we tried to implement in just a few guys that I was training with. Well done, Linda. <laughs> to me, that's just stunning. I mean, it's I just honour you, Linda, for doing it. I just love you for it. But it's also you guys. You have, um, as Timo said last night, through you being with us, we as a church are just growing in our realisation of who we are and the reality of what hap is happening in us. Um, and the culture that you are living um, is a kingdom culture. You're learning to honour people. You're learning to love. And that love is that... that key motivator. You're learning not to judge one another. You're learning to expect the best in somebody. You expect the, the this, the, you know, there's gold in them. And I just want to see that gold just come out and, and mature and develop and whatever. You know, that's, you're just calling it out of people. You've become prophetic. You just no longer or, uh, you know, oh dear, look at these terrible people. You're saying, oh, look what God's put in this person now. Oh, we want to see that come out and grow. You know, that, that is just, you've grabbed hold of it. It's just incredible. 
So these two cultures, king, the earth culture and the kingdom culture, are quite different, and also they affect you. And I've said before that our mind is actually the doorway to heavenly places. It's like the gatekeeper. And it's really what goes on in this brain of ours and our mind of ours that have impact upon our uh, ability to see and respond to the kingdom of God. Romans 14, 17 says, The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy, Holy Spirit. Wherever he is, you're in the kingdom. All right? Um, the ability to walk in the kingdom and see the miraculous around us, whatever that looks like, is not supposed to be a one-off occurrence or a, the occasional, oh, look over there, occasionally in my history this happened. It's to be an everyday experience with us. We're brand new crea creations created to live in heavenly places and to see the miraculous taking place. Proverbs 23, verse 7 says, As a man thinks, so he is. As we think, this is, you know, it affects us. Um, two more stories from Isabel. And they reflect on me because they showed where I was in my thinking. The first story was how Isabel, she said she disqualified herself for the miraculous. And this is her story. Um, I'm... I'll summarise it a bit. But um, she's packing to go to the airport. It's a three-hour drive. She's somewhere in America. It's a three-hour drive to the airport. And she's packing to go. And her phone is on the television. And she's packing. And the Holy Spirit prompts her and says, Isabel, your phone. And she goes, yes, yes, I'll get in a minute. She carries on packing. Holy Spirit prompts her again. Third time, Isabel, your phone. She goes, yes, Holy Spirit. Uh, I'll get it in a minute. I'm just unpacking. Third time. Isabel, your phone. And she says, Holy Spirit, I know about my phone. I'll get it in a minute. It's strange how we can have attitudes to him, isn't it? So she carries on packing in the car, drives off, three-hour journey to the airport, arrives at the airport, looks in handbag, no phone. Why is phone important? Well, I mean, I remember going with Timo to Germany and he gets his phone up, you know, boarding pass, beep, and walks through. It's like, I'm still there with paper, and he's like got it on his phone. Uh, so Isabel has got everything that she needs on her phone. Phone numbers, boarding passes, everything is on this phone. And it's in the hotel, three hours away. So what's her choice? She starts to think. The first thought is, I've disqualified myself from ever expecting God to do anything. Because I was really very cheeky to him when he was reminding me about my phone. So what are my options? Options are... Um, I get, you know, get a hotel room, go the following day, buy a new ticket, have to explain to Ivan that, sorry, we have to spend a lot more money. I've got the hotel room costs, I've got the plane ticket costs, all those things I'm going to have to do. And I'm very sorry, uh, Ivan, she's having a conversation in the head with Ivan on what is, how to explain that she's had to spend all this extra money and waste. And then she's going to have to contact the people in um, wherever she was going to explain that she won't be there on time etc. for the conference she was going to. But the other reality is she's going to have to buy a new phone, uh, that's going to have a cost, or she's going to have to claim on her insurance, all those, that, all those thoughts. It's amazing how your brain can think all these thoughts in like an instant, can't it? It can just flush through your mind, just go in like that. And in the midst of all of this, the Holy Spirit says to her, why do you want to live like that, Isabel? And she goes, I, 
I'm sorry, Holy Spirit. You prompted me and I didn't listen. Father, if you've got a spare angel, could you send that angel to go and get my phone and bring it to me now? By this time, she's now at the check-in desk and the lady says, have you got whatever the paperwork she needed, which was all on her phone? She opened her handbag and there, sat in her handbag, was her phone. Ah. All things are possible to those who believe. It's only our mind that disqualifies us for the supernatural because we don't believe or don't see it or don't even expect it. It's only our mind that uh, that causes it. Um, Another one of her stories, and this one really revealed where my mind was. Um, Her and Ivan are driving across Canada. It's late at night, snowing. Um, They arrive at the service station. Um, He needs to get petrol, and he... He's getting out of his car and he says, Isabel, stay in the car, please. I'm leaving the key in the ignition. She didn't hear him or ignored him. Don't quite know which one it was. I don't think she knows. And she got out of the car. They closed the doors and it's locked. Keys hung in the ignition. Phones are in the car. All our life. It's interesting, isn't it? When we buy a phone, we don't buy something that makes phone calls and texts. We buy a culture. It has everything on it that we need for our life, modern life. We've got a modern phone. It's got all, all the information you need, how to ring the AA, the RAC, how to get them to come and fix your car, all that sort of stuff. You've got it. So she goes into the cafe, and there's a lady uh, behind the counter, and they say, please, can I borrow your phone to make a phone call? Key's locked in the car. And the lady says, of course you can. Here's my phone. And she's passing the phone over. Isabel said it was as if somebody hit her hand, and the phone fell out of her hand, smashed on the floor. No phone. So we're now in the middle of nowhere, no phone, key in the car, locked. And I'm going, this is simple. I know what to do. You smash the driver's window. It's easy. Isn't it? Of course, it's easy. So, <laughs> smash the driver's window, reach in, get the key. Yeah, you'll have to put a bit of plastic over the window, but it's all right. You can manage that. And when you get home, you can claim on your insurance. It's just, it's all possible. More than possible. But Ivan and Isabel have been learning that all things are possible for those who are in Christ Jesus. They realize that, uh, you know, if, when they believe that God does things. And they were stood there and they, Isabel said, I tried not to think. Because if I thought, I thought things like, why did Ivan leave the car, key in the car? Oh, how daft I am to have got out of the car and not listened to Ivan. What are we going to do now? We're in the middle of nowhere. You know, those are the thoughts that would rush through her mind. So she said, I tried to stop myself from thinking. And I just trusted. And then she said she saw something on Ivan, which she's seen many times. And he put his hand in his pocket. And the key that was in the car was in his pocket. <laughs> Come on. Can it be true that this life that we're living can be more than just well, prayer and, and, and Bible study and that, that we're actually called to live a life that's full of the supernatural impact of God. And I want to say to you, yes, it can because you're brand new creations. You live in a kingdom that's not this kingdom, but it has a different way of approaching. <laughs> Everything God has for you, his promises over your life, his, you know, his destiny, as I destiny is called, what he expects, everything, 
is actually all linked into this kingdom and your, what you believe and what you believe of yourself and what you think about yourself. The kingdom culture is growing in our church and we're experiencing more and more supernatural stuff that makes us quite excited. But sometimes we don't understand it. Um, I mean, other churches have had things like um, gold dust appear on people. We've had that as well. Um, oil appear on people's hands. We've had that as well. I remember being in a service where the oil was dripping off a man's hand. It was just like pouring off his hand. It's just incredible. We've had those things. If you listen to Bill Johnson, he'll tell you that he's had white feathers falling. And I've been in Reading and I've seen them on the floor. And you think, where did these come from? Uh, and he's been on planes and the white feathers fall. And people have asked him these, in, these searching questions. What do the white feathers mean? And he goes, I don't know. <laughs> he says, it's okay for us to live in mystery. He says, I never asked for white feathers. And some reason God's putting white feathers with us. So I, I don't know. And so for us as a, as a church, we might not have had the, the white feathers. But we've had other other incredible things happening that are beginning to make us realize that we live in a supernatural kingdom that's different to the one that we actually around. This heavenly place is around us. June was on a plane. June Richards, uh, some of you might not have met her, but uh, June Richards was on a plane going to Africa with Maggie and her steward came to her and said, I'm very sorry, Mrs. Richards, uh, your bag, the police have rung us and said that your bag was never put on the plane. And uh, it cannot, uh, you, when you get to your destination in Africa, you'll have to contact the lost luggage or whatever and arrange for something to happen. But your bag is definitely not on the plane. They arrived in Africa and we, they'd just been hearing about things coming back, a bit like Isabel's phone. And so on the plane, they, they, you know, we heard the guy go, bring my phone back. So they did, bring my phone back. Or be my suitcase back, right? So <laughs> they arrive in Africa. All the suitcases are collected off the carousel. They're about to go into the uh, room to uh, get, uh, you know, to say that my bag was never put on the plane. Please can we organise whatever is to happen? And they turn around, and there in the middle of the place was this bag, and it was June's. The police had said it was never put on the plane, but it was there. So they picked it up. Wonderful. And then um, June said, uh, I think it was part of the same journey, um, they were due to fly to another part of Africa, and they arrived and everything on the notice board, you know, it says cancel, 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 cancel. All flights were cancelled. And her friends were off trying to find a hotel room and things like that. She sat in the middle of the um, airport lounge and said, which one of these people, attendants, you know, checking clerks are going to be the ones that help us Father, because you have a way of doing this. Because she was now expecting that God would intervene. So, a guy walks over and says, what are you doing here? She says, I'm waiting for the plane. And he says, don't you see it's all cancelled? And she said, yes. But I'm waiting for the plane. He goes away, comes back again. He says, if you come now, I'll sort it. Ooh, okay. So, her and a group, I think it was five people, walked out onto the tarmac. There was this tiny plane with five seats in it. And they got on the plane and they flew off. All planes were cancelled. 
she knew that she lived in a different kingdom. And see, it's the, it's the mindset that holds us into the break the window and reach in and get the key. It holds us there. So I live in the culture of earth and I break the window and get the key. But in the culture of my heavenly father's kingdom, all things are possible for those who believe. All things? All things are possible for those who believe. All things? Yes. So we're praying for Vidin now in, in Bulgaria. Well, all things are possible for those who believe. This area of a country that's the poorest will change because of Father's heart towards his people. Right? Um, you'll know Ken. Ken's very, you know, Ken Wilkes in church. So he has a bike, and on his bike he has a chain which is locked. And unlike me, he doesn't have the key for his chain. Um, so when he would arrive here at church, he would drape the chain over the post so that it pretended to look like it was locked. And somehow or other, Ken believed that this would make all thieves go, oh, that's locked, I won't go after your bike. <laughs> <laughs> so one day he comes here to church and he does he gets you know it's, you can't take his chain off his bike because it's locked and he hasn't got the key you cannot remove it it's over the crossbar right so he draped it over the post like that came upstairs here timo he meets timo and timo's got for some reason some numbers on the back of his trousers and this makes ken laugh and he says Timo, don't you realise it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. We're no longer prisoners like you wearing prison clothing. I'm having a bit of a laugh with Timo. Anyway, after a while, he comes downstairs. This chain that was locked to his bike is now locked to the post. It's not on his bike anymore, it's on the post. And Ken's like, uh, this is impossible. And he had to get, he went down and had a look at it, and others went to photograph it. And I think it might even still be there now. But all of a sudden, his bike that was, this lock was no longer his bike, and it was over there. Why did God do that? Don't know. But he did. And it's something that's like, oh, this hit your brain, you go, I can't believe this, oh God, what are you doing? It's possible for those who believe. You are people that are living in a different kingdom, a different culture. Learn to respond to it. Learn to embrace the miraculous. What I have learned in the past is, if I start to question these things, I then go see them seeking. But if I just accept them and live in mystery with them, I all of a sudden discover you see, you can say, oh, wouldn't God just heal somebody rather than shift the bike lock off one chain and put it on a post? Surely he's got, you know, this power that he has is, you have to be careful with it and use it somewhere else rather than do that. Or maybe I just wanted to show us that we really were free. That we really were free to think, believe, and act differently to the others as well. And to believe that, like Linda, takes a culture from here and sets it up 
in Jordan that has an impact upon somebody who's teaching theology. It just has an impact because she believes and acts on what she's seen. Um, I wanted to show you the students putting coins on the wall, but we can't use a video at the moment. But it's all on the website. Oh, Tina's got it. No, well, mine's on the iPad as well. Um, I'll pass my iPad around, and you can watch the video while I go on talking. Mm -hmm. So if you just press the little arrow and watch the video, and then pass it on to the next one, and a few of you gather around. But what I wanted to show it was, ever since the students heard that coins, God was putting coins and money on the wall, they've been doing it. And they're like, and then, oh no, it's just, I've got a Coke can on the wall. I mean, they're just like, oh no, they just believe that God can do it. So, um, <laughs> there's no, uh, there's like no, reason for it. Wouldn't God, surely God would do something else. Well, no, that's what he's doing. He's chosen to do that with us. Um, Hannah, you'll know, Hannah did the school. She's working for Youth for Christ part-time. Well, she's doing it with her kids as well. And Silly was telling me that somebody who obviously involved with Youth for Christ is asking Silly, now what's this coins on the wall all about? As if we want to know this um, the inner theological workings of coins on the wall. And Sidney goes, I don't know. It's not us doing it, it's him. And all we're realising is that there's just this miraculous stuff going on. So I think if you just pass it on and press the, the little triangle again, it should just work. So, here we go. I've talked to you a lot about um, uh, whether we live in a different kingdom. my journey from that. After hearing him and realising that I would just have smashed the window, I realised that my thinking wasn't right. And thankfully, God has been exposing me to a few things that enabled me to start renewing my mind. So, first example. Uh, we have two blinds in our hallway and uh, one of them was starting to go at a wrong angle. So it looked like that across the window. And after it being there for three years, Kath says, I've had enough of that. We've got to have new new blinds or get that one fixed. Now we bought it three years ago in the John Lewis sale. It was um, out of stock, you know, the end of stock then. When I bought it, it was discounted and cheap. Anyway, um, I went to John Lewis and I, and I built myself up to be able to say to the woman, uh, this, although it's out of guarantee, is not fit for purpose, and mind you, that's longer than three years. So I was going to win on that argument when I went in. So I went in, and the lady said, no, sorry, you cannot have uh, a new blind. You can't get this one repaired, because you're out of guarantee. And I'm saying, it's not fit for purpose. And eventually, she said, okay, um, I'll talk to my manager. Come back in two hours, and we'll see. So, I had myself a prayer and said, Father, could you please help us? We need 
many different ways of answering your prayer, doesn't it? And he replied. I walked in, and there was uh, the lady. She said to me, you'll never believe this. <laughs> and I'm starting to think, maybe I could. And she said, I went into the stockrooms, just thinking, I'll just go and have a look. And there, in the stockroom, was the same blind, same style, same size, same everything. She says, you can have this one. So we've got two perfect blinds in Africa. How can I just leave and we were having building work done on the, on the house. And uh, I got a £1,000 out of the bank to pay for the building. So I knew it was right because the lady in the bank had counted it a £1,000, right? So bought it home, in the envelope, sealed the envelope, put it in the cupboard. A few days later, I'm counting it. And there's £700. I've lost £300. And I'm like, what? Lost £300. So, I mean, I could just go and get another 300 pound out of the bank, but I mean, lost 300 pounds. So I got Kath to count it, she counted it, still 300 pound less. So, we sat on the bed together, held hands and said, Dad, we need our money back, please. I put the money back in the envelope in the cupboard. I wasn't bold enough in my confidence in this new kingdom to wait until the day when the bill was there saying, please can I have my 1,000 pound? To then go, there we go. <laughs> so the day before, I go to my envelope to count it again because I could always go to the bank and get my three hundred pound out. That's where I was, and I counted it. And not only was the thousand there, there was another three hundred there. He had not only given me three hundred back; he had given me more. Me and Kath were just like, Dad, Dad. Dad, it's like, like it's just over and above. Oh gosh! And so next was my camera. You know I like taking pictures. I love taking photographs. So I, I got a Panasonic G5, and you could upgrade to Panasonic G6. Uh, and you know, they always bring in new cameras, but this was a significant. Upgrade. So I really wanted to upgrade, and I'd had money for my birthday, and I'd worked out that if I trade in my old body from the Panasonic G6, I could get a second-hand body for Panasonic G6, trade in the G5, go G6, second-hand, for my birthday money. And it was just going to be fantastic. Then. So arranged, this is a company in London, arranged to do it for them. And then the Holy Spirit said, go to Curry's. Curry's is an electrical shop. Okay, better go to Curry's then. So off we go to Curry's in Broadheath, and Broadheath say, I'm sorry, Mr. Pierce, we do not have a Panasonic G6. Oh, any other shop got one? No other shop in the country has got a Panasonic G6, okay? Is it in the warehouse? No, no, it's not. And I'm left with this feeling of, oh gosh, I didn't hear God right, did I? Maybe I didn't get it right this time. So um, the following day, I'm still planning to make my exchange, and I, he said to me, it's in Curry's, but it wasn't, and I'm left with this feeling of it's not in Curry's, it's a shame that. I'm in town, and I go into the Iron Bear Centre, and there's a Curry's, now, I'm not going to Curry's because I, I think or believe that there's a Panasonic G6, I'm just going in to look around the shop, to waste a bit of time, broadcast shopping, and I walk into Curry's, and there's a Panasonic G6, brand new, and 
for, now sometimes they're just plastic bodies, aren't they? So they're not real things. So I said, is this sir, real? Oh, yes, sir. Is it sir? Yes, sir. I walked out of that shop with a brand new Panasonic G6. So not a second hand, brand new one. A new lens, which was worth somewhere in the region of about £300. A new battery that was worth £50. Three year warranty. Three years um, uh, accidental damage. For £10 more than I was going to spend. And my dad had said, go into Coles. And I walked out going, I do hear you, I do hear you. <laughs> that sensation of, I do hear you, God. But the other sensation was, oh dear God, you love me. You know, you know that this was something special for me. And you went out of the way to get the only one that was in the United Kingdom. Stunned. So I'm still learning to renew my mind. I'm still trying to get it off, this thing of my mind. So this, and I finish with this story from my, my daughter. She was working at Costa, and um, she put her Costa pass, so I think they have to have a pass to open the till so they can use the till. So she put that in her handbag the night before, and she was setting off to uh, go to work early morning. And I get a text saying, Dad, could you look for my pass in my room? I think I must have left it there. Had she left it there when it was in her handbag? I don't know, but she said, I think it must be in the room. Please, could you go and look? So I go into her room, and she thinks she's, she's, her suitcase is on the floor. She thinks it's near her suitcase. So I go and I look at my, the suitcase, searching around, can't find it. I lift the suitcase up, it's not there. I'm searching inside, can't find it, can't find it, can't find it. But I'll go and have my breakfast, and I'll come back again. So, under breakfast, come back again, searching around the floor, can't find it, searching under the bed. Uh, then on the other side of the bed, there's a hand luggage. I thought, oh, she's just come back from hand luggage. I thought, it's there. I'll go and get it there. So, no, it wasn't there either. Now I'm beginning to panic because I'm supposed to be speaking at the school. Time is going on. I'd have to drive into Alton and then get back up to here to the school. I'm thinking I'm going to be late. I have to tell Tina I'm going to be late. I have to ring Lizzie. I'm in the way that I'm speaking and just expressing the anxiety that was really increasing in me, as I can't do what she wants me to do, was to get her pass, which is lost somewhere. So I, I'll go back and make some cup of tea, make some cup of tea, and then come back into this room, and um, what did Isabel do? She prayed, didn't she? Oh, gospel, pray, answer. So I sat on the bed and said, Father, if you've got a spare angel, could you send that angel to go and get the pass for me, please, and bring it here. But then I got up and I started searching all the floor, rushing around, panic, panic, and then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit said, wait, oh, as clear as anything, wait. So I sat there, wait, I wonder how long do I have to wait? Oh, well, I'm just going to wait. My mind started to want to think, I said, no, I'm not going to think. I've asked you, Dad, could you send an angel? Now, and I, I looked, and every book where it had been before, it's got this pass. This is pass. You know, I picked it up and I smelled it around my finger. I was happy as anything. All things are possible for those who believe. 
Elizabeth is what story is. And some of my learning to walk in this wonderful kingdom. And the realizing that you are a new creation. You'll start to see things differently. You'll start to experience things differently. Jesus is never faced by impossibilities. When he needed money for the tax, it was in the fish's mouth. When the crowd gathered round him and the violence, he walked with them. He was never faced by impossibilities. He just believed his father would do it. Didn't he? he just believed. And you know what scripture says? As Jesus was in this world, so are we. <laughs> As Jesus was in this world, so are we. But to walk with this understanding that we're supernatural beings, full of the presence and power of God, full of His life, full of love, full of everything that you brand new creation. There isn't anything missing out of you. You've got to try and find it, try and be aware of it. Just know that your mind needs to be renewed. That's all. That's all it is. Not everything has come that way. Just want to make it clear. There's still one thing that I need to get, which is my Panasonic travel camera. It's a small camera. And when I move house, it seems to get lost. So I pray that the But other things have and keep coming back. I don't really understand why my experience of parents is on God's provision, apart from Tina said to me, no wonder I'm your son and father's teaching you that he cares about your life and everything. But I think it's a doorway to the miraculous that's around us. It's just a doorway for us to begin to walk in and experience the supernatural of God. Do you want to stand up? Let's just move your chairs. On that note, guys, um, two Sundays ago, we, um, I wasn't there, but Ruth told me the story that um, Emma and Ruth were um, taking communion. And uh, we, have this, we have this little baby doll called Baby Arla. And um, while... While we had while while they had communion, all of a sudden Emma is um, starting to tear up and says, "I'm missing my baby Arla." Now, baby Arla has been lost for over a year. We haven't thought and we haven't talked about baby Arla at all. Yeah. Now there's there's this thing in Emma that's. Just rising up. She's like, I miss my baby Anna. And that was all that she said. Oh, she said, thank you, Jesus, for my baby Anna. And now at the end of the service, now this is baby Anna has been gone for a year, okay? I have no idea where she is. At the end of the service, Zara just walks past those chairs that were stacked on the side of, of um, the wall here. And what was on the chairs? 
Baby Ola was there. I'm having Baby Ola back. Why is God interested in a doll? Like why? But He is. He really does care. It's it's those those things that sometimes we feel like we can't ask Him for that because, like what Alan said before, either it's my own fault, you know, I shouldn't have said or done this or lost it or something. Well, it's not really important enough, you know. There, there's starving people out there. You know, God should look after them first, and then maybe after my dog. It's up to him what he does. But just, it's, to me, as a dad, that was... Because even as I'm thinking, come on, we've got more than one doll. You know, it's not, it, it's not the only doll in our house. <laughs> and yet, you heard that cry. That just like, oh, thank you, Jesus, for my baby Ola. Just incredible. This has happened two weeks ago to this to this amazing girl here that just dares to believe that her heavenly father um, loves her enough to look after baby Allah and find her from wherever baby Allah was and sit her on a chair just for Emma to pick up at the end of the service. Just amazing. Must be a culture of church. You move chairs and everybody goes to the side. <laughs> you want chairs and everybody puts them in rows. You just, must be like, just come in a little bit. are changing, people are changing, and even this culture of this group of people has an impact around the world. We just honor you, Jesus, and we ask you please to teach us how to walk in the supernatural. Holy Spirit, we love what you do, and we invite you to come now. We need to say, Kingdom of God, come. Overwhelm us. Cause us to just have fun in your kingdom. Thank you for what you're going to do this afternoon about revealing your love and care for us as your children. At this point, we're just saying, come, touch us. More of God. Thank you. 
Thank you for listening to the iDestiny podcast. For further information, check out www.idestiny.org.uk.